Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Full crew here in the kill house. Big Randy has essentially moved out of Jack's. DJ Pie is here. Tron is here. Patrick Reed is your 2018 Masters champion. Gentlemen, first question. What is Patrick Reed serving at the 2019 Champions Dinner? Uh, I <laughs> Big question. I got to believe it's going to be steak-based. Of some some sort of steak. Uh, I did see a good tweet. Someone said he's going to cater Olive Garden, which... Uh, <laughs> It was a pretty good one, I thought. I don't know. Big Randy, what do you think? Just like cow. Cow yeah, and that's potatoes. What I'm yeah. yeah. I think Cheesecake Factory. It's yeah. Like nouveau Ooh. Riche. I can I see think. that. Is he going to redesign the interior of his home with this $2 million that he just earned? <laughs> that's a good point. Another good or is he going to redesign the green jacket to have those like black and white squares on the inside? Black and white. It's going to be American flag on the oh, inside. True. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's already. He's already. Sorry, I think you're overrating his outward aesthetics versus. You need to look at how he redesigned his house. That's what I was basing it exactly. off of. Yeah. yeah. You got that couch with the black and white squares was not good. I think it's going to be hot dogs and hamburgers. I really think it might, might be outdoor. Yeah, it might be Bud a barbecue. Diesel. It might be a barbecue. <laughs> I, I could see that. Um, all right. So I feel like I root for It was a weird Reed. day today. It, it was, was a weird, a weird day. day. I root for Reed. A lot of people said a lot of things. For mostly for the content purposes. Uh, he's very, very entertaining. I think he's a, one of the more fascinating characters. That being said... He's a very polarizing character. I actually think he's more liked in Europe probably than he is in the, in the United States. Most of the which is amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Europeans kind of have the kind of polter hate towards him, but tend to respect him. I was kind of surprised. I did like a little like survey after the Ryder Cup in sixteen. Like, what do Europeans think? And they're like, "Man, that whoever the guy that says that man hath been born from Zeus's balls," <laughs> that has resonated with me. Was well, that kind of like the anonymous player survey about? The fight in the parking lot breaking out. Yeah. Which player would you help? Yeah. So what, what was it? Bubba was the, the NLU research department. Bubba. Bubba was the winner of that survey, and Reed was second. So I mean, correct. He, Reed is not the most popular player, to say the least. Reed for me is interesting in that, like you know, everybody always makes the the Poulter comparison and match play, and oh, you know, Ryder Cup, blah blah blah. I think Poulter kind of loses steam just because he hasn't really grown the legend kind of outside of that, you know, it turns into this one trick thing and it, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's almost kind of, kind of just like shallow or kind of, there's not much meat to it. I think that I agree with you. Where your mouth is. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that, you know, I root for, for Reed just because he's interesting and really fun to watch, you know, for better or worse. And I think every win that he gets just kind of grows that and, and almost like legitimizes that, that hype, you know, like, like the Ryder cup will be better because he won the masters. Right. That made sense. He's it's so his wins are huge. We talked about that before about you know obviously now the Masters. He's won WGC. He's won a FedEx Cup playoff event, which you know as far as you know little prestigious the FedEx Cup events have. They have some of the most un, like the strongest fields in golf. I mean yeah. let's, let's let's call it what it is. But he's not consistent. Like he misses cuts. He goes on these runs. He's not. He's not like he do, he doesn't belong in the Rory category or any JT or any of these guys. Definitely not like a speed level player, but. He's now a major champion. Like this is he, he's vaulted into a new category here. Yeah. I just don't know what that category is. He's kind of carving out his own category. Yeah. 
um, I don't know. It's hard to. I, I sense just in in the room today was. I mean, we were definitely rooting for for Spieth and the and the excitement and the comeback. But even on Twitter and the, the patrons at at the crowd there, that was there was a bit of hesitation as he was coming up that seventy second hole. He's a good heel. He right? is, and I think that's you know it's fun to root sometimes against the heel, but usually the heel loses. <laughs> right. <laughs> like in yeah. wrestling, right? Like in the biggest moment. And so I think, you know, with, with him winning and, and pulling through, um, yeah, it created a little bit of a, an awkward dynamic. Um, but I'm kind of happy for him. I, I think if anything, you know, it sets up kind of a, hopefully this even encourages encourages uh, Reed to be even more uh, preposterous yeah. and <laughs> aggressive and, you know, confident. Yeah, this emboldens him. Yeah, I think yeah. that could, you know, long-term, big picture, I think it could be great for the game. Can we just address that now the four defending major champions are all age 27 or younger and all American? America first. <laughs> Putting America first. Yeah. I think that's not insignificant. Tron, you've been qu- a little bit quiet so far. Yeah, What's, it feels a little Hey, bit. happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Flesh out, and we want to hear your um, your full fleshed out thoughts. Randy, on your point, it feels a little bit fatalistic that the heel wins this mm-hmm. time. You know, it's like the world ends or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of depressing. Um, but I'm going to try to uplift it here. Please. So, so Reed, I think his his transgressions are well documented. Um, you know, the Augusta State stuff, which it was laughable all week that people were referring to him as an Augusta local. Um, <laughs> it's absurd. Uh, I mean, I think the galleries out there were like those were those were the smallest cheers I've ever heard for somebody walking up 18 at the Masters. But you know, I think his transgressions are well documented. Obviously, at UGA, at Augusta State, I've heard you know hundreds of literally hundreds of stories from a variety of people, almost to a T. None of them good. I think what gets me is the steadfast refusal to acknowledge anything or. You know, everything, he's just sheltered. Nobody wants to acknowledge it. Nobody wants, like, he doesn't want to say he's sorry for anything. He never wants to, to acknowledge anything and move forward. So it's always going to be lingering there. Versus, it, you know, anybody else, if they mess up, it's just, all right, hey, I'm going to apologize for it. I'm going to, and we're going to move on and we're going to grow from it. And I can kind of become a, a comeback story versus that's never going to happen with Patrick Reed. He's always going to be the heel. He's always going to be the dickhead. <laughs> We went from heel to dickhead there. Yeah, we, that was uplifting. Good, good, good call. <laughs> so you're rejoicing, guys. <laughs> no, but it's some people, you know, are chiming in today. They're like, wait, what is? Why do people dislike Patrick Reed? It's like, all right, yeah, you, you should do some googling and get your, like. It's kind of a sad story that he doesn't talk to his parents anymore. His parents weren't there, and you know, like you alluded to his transgressions at, at Georgia and everything. So there's there's plenty of reason for for dislike out there like i said i kind of am separating the human from the entertainment factor here i don't necessarily sure. root for him as a human um, but man is it hilarious and fun to watch him just what what was the helicopter thing i mean that's so exaggerated awesome. yeah mm-hmm. that's like he just keeps mixing in all these things that just makes it so entertaining and i do find it ironic that he of all people he would win the tournament that prides itself on totally gentlemanly conduct yeah yeah stuff yeah. which but he hits I a draw i relish in that you know? it's kind of like john daly winning uh at st andrews yeah. a little bit yeah a know? little bit i mean like he's far, like we touched on he's like far from a consistent performer but like whatever you want to call it like this cockiness confidence or arrogance whatever he carries that like to legitimately increase his performance like and i made the point back in 2016 yeah. when he played rory like 
he's not on Rory's level. Rory knows that, but Reed doesn't, and he that is what allows him to perform in these types of situations. And I mean, he was he was just flat out nails today too. I mean, I know he shot one under, but I mean, there was almost no putts. You know, I don't think anyone, any of us were really rooting for him to win necessarily. You know, we all kind of wanted Rory or Spieth or whomever, but. You know, there was no putts that he was standing over there that I think any of us thought he was going to miss. I mean, I was, he was looking in at, complete control, totally, and and it he he looked like he was in complete control because he made all the right shots at the right time. But I was looking at, I mean, he hit the same number of greens as Tiger this week. Wow, which is kind of shocking. That you know, it's just when he needed to make putts, he needed to or make shots or whatever. Yeah. You know, he made them, and he did get a couple. You know, everybody gets a couple breaks when they win. The ball not going in the water on thirteen was a little. You know, that's that's a gift. The uh, ball hitting the flag stick on 17 and not going, you know, 12, 15 feet past was a gift. But you know, those yeah. things happen, and winners the winner. Yeah. You do give him a winners lot right of history. That's um, right. I want to acknowledge the fact that he kind of conquered the deep state and learned how to hit a fade <laughs> or, or a cut. I mean, I said this on the live show. I know, but like, it, it was from the time I was, you know, 12 until kind of even like recently. I played a huge draw my whole life and the idea of hitting a cut was just this giant exaggerated thing and i've never seen a tour player like kind of go through like close to the same thing where it's like draw it's a cut 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 please cut please cut please cut <laughs> and he's just hitting these giant helicopter swings i mean it was like it's pretty captivating to watch it's the opposite of flip it flip it, <laughs> it is flip yeah it. exactly hold it hold it hold it hold it yeah i go back to saturday um, but it was good by the way i mean he just he didn't really miss in the wrong spots, and that could have been the difference too. I mean, I know Andy, Andy Johnson, I think said that on either in Twitter or in the newsletter. But I mean, I don't think he had broken seventy before this year at no. Augusta, and you know, big part of being able to do that is like those rock hard greens, especially the first couple of days, being able to hit a cut and land it soft in some of those pins and stuff is kind of the difference. You alluded to how he hit as many greens as Tiger, but Augusta of all places, I think it's just so important to be in the right spot on the greens. And it didn't feel like he made miles of putts. I mean, he had yeah. so few putts, but I think you attribute that more to incredible ball striking. Cause I mean, he was in position uh, for almost every shot we saw on TV. I felt like he was always in position. Never was it like, really was he in a spot of bother? I think this is one of those stats that may be a little bit misleading too. is totally. Yeah. You know, a friend, you know, being on the fringe, right. to point, Sally, being on a fringe on the right side of the green is, is, is akin to, you know, being 10 feet farther on the green. I mean, I go back to Saturday, though, and I, the Eagles on 13 and 15, totally. and it's, it's, yeah. it's recognizing, I don't, I don't know if greatness is the right word of that, but like, I made the comparison live shows, like, if Phil does that, imagine how much we freak out, or if Tiger does that. I mean, so I think, obviously, you know, it has different historical value if those guys do it. But the fact that he made that kind of run and had that performance to, to get the three-shot lead that he needed. He needed all three of those shots for the lead that he took into, into I, Sunday. I think CBS flashed a graphic either must have been when he got to number eight. I think when he teed off on eight that his par five scoring was like 3.95 or something like that. It was when he was on two. He had he was 13 oh, under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, the first 12 par fives, he was 13 under. Yeah, it's just, that's decent. Just that's, silly. That's going to get it done. Um, we, I, I still think after Reed winning the masters today, that the thing I'll remember the most about today was speed 64. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I mean, that was the most exciting thing of the day for sure. Of the day or of the week? Probably, probably of the week. Of the week. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that was, and, and I mean, people were the, the so, only other thing that made us kind of like, you know, we watched all four days together. The only other thing that made us kind of get up and jump around and, and run around the house was. I think Sergio hitting five balls in the water. Leash's shot on Friday. <laughs> and Leash's shot. We'll yeah, get yeah. there. But 
and Spieth then that was the only you know really yeah consequential thing that that made us do that that putt on 16 i mean that was that was the loudest the kill house got today easily <laughs> his face after yeah so are you kidding? are you kidding me are you just, kidding me yeah he left one out there on seven, which was a bit disappointing. I mean, it's hard to nitpick a 31 on the front. But um, the 100-yard the tee shot on 18, that one that's hurt. Gonna, yeah, that's going to hurt you. That one hurt a little no, bit. But that's golf, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's gonna I thought happen. he was that's just laying up to a number. 309, yeah. that's a totally. good number. You know? It's kind you of could, a Mo Norman ball there. That's, that's usually a situation. Gap three wood. <laughs> you play that shot as fast as possible so other groups can't see where you are. <laughs> and usually by the, if I hit one of those, I'm usually hoping like by the time we get to the green, you guys have forgotten about the There's top. There's no ladies season at Augusta. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he got a yardage down there. Um, so, I mean, does the 18th really take away from, in your guys' minds, his, the performance that he put out today? Randy, what do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, I would have liked to have seen him finish at nine under um, just to kind of be there, apply a little bit more pressure to read. But, you know, it was it was a hell of a round. I, as you guys were talking, I was just thinking, too, um, you know, a 66 on, on Thursday is going to get forgotten a little bit, too. Yeah. He bogeyed 18 that day, too. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he, it was his tournament. Um, but, no, it doesn't, doesn't take away from me. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Everyone's going to start doing the thing I do, right, where you just pick him every year. I mean, why why wouldn't you? He's played in five Masters. And That's been, what, I mean, Thursday and today showed for sure. Is yeah. When he flexes, I mean, he's just – He's been beaten by surgical. Fourteen there. golfers yeah. have beaten him in five Masters. It's <laughs> absurd. His first five Masters. And my favorite stat, getting back to Thursday, when when he finished Thursday with the lead, uh, that's now nine times in his career he's held the the lead at Augusta. Um, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, uh, since that since 1992, he is tied for the most uh, with Tiger. At nine with Tiger. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's kind that's of, preposterous. Kind of amazing. It's ignorant. You know what's crazy? It's he so and ignorant. Reed have the same amount of green jackets. Like that doesn't uh, that doesn't seem right. Like Jordan should legitimately have four. Right. By now. I mean, is it? So we had this question. <laughs> well, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. Greller should have one. <laughs> Shout out to Greller. My dude, Alpha. Um, we have a speaking of Greller, we didn't get to hear the conversation on thirteen. I know uh, we're going to talk about CBS later, but that was like we're going to get CBS. that was tough. We're going to that lead. was tough to not hear the conversation on thirteen between four iron and hybrid and wind and where am I missing and what am I doing? Just, and- I'm going to muzzle myself and just tell me when to tap. <laughs> All right, guys, we are three months into the new year. That's three months we've been playing the 2018 Chrome Soft Golf Ball. Are you guys Chrome Soft or Chrome Soft X guys? I play whatever Johnny. Gives me from the tour truck. I, I play Chrome Soft. Um, you know, Chad, Chad, and the guys have have hooked us up with a pretty big box for uh, the inaugural Thirsty Cup this week. We had twenty guys at Sweetens Cove, uh, Team DJ versus Team Tron, and I, I think a big thing uh, was the alternate shot. My team was was kind of gelling, all using the Chrome Soft. <laughs> Tron, it seemed like you guys were kind of working some other product in there and maybe having a hard time. Yeah, we were lost until we got to singles, and then we just. <laughs> absolutely crushed you guys uh, but yeah we, we had some guys playing other brands we really struggled to get it dialed in on the alternate shot stuff and then kind of congealed once everybody was playing their chrome soft playing their own ball you guys have heard me talk about the 2018 chrome soft why it's different than the 2017 ball this ball the the callaway has infused the outer core with graphene this allows them to engineer a thinner outer core and a significantly larger inner core this means you're going to get softer feel with less spin off the tee and more spin around the greens. I promise you this ball is worth testing out. You guys are going to see the difference. I'm still amazed at how far it's going. I'm an iron longer on almost every shot. So uh, go to CallawayGolf.com for more information on the ball that changed the ball. Now let's get back to our Masters recap. 
Uh, BMC, Money BMC has the question, over, under on Spieth green jackets now. Total, I said. What, I, uh, you're supposed to, all right. If you're ever going to send in a question, send in the number with the over, under. Don't rely on us to come <laughs> up true. with the over, yeah. under. I'll set it at three and a half. Was, yeah, was, That's what I was thinking yeah. in my mind. I think he wins four. <sighs> That's a good, three and a half is a good number. Right. I'll take the, man, I'll take the under just because I think you guys are going to take the over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, as he's proved that, you know, it's hard to close it. They're, they are hard to win. Um, gun to my head, I think I'm taking over, though. I'm taking over. On that same note, I think this is, I don't, I'm not sure if you had this one tagged for later in the podcast, but who wins the career Grand Slam first? Rory, Phil, or Jordan? Do any of them. I think, I mean, you guys are all looking at me. I think Jordan. I think Jordan's my guy, man. I, I think he, like... Not when he wants to. I was gonna say when he wants to be. He's the best player in the world. But I think he just all things being equal to all people. If we're looking at the best player in the world as like a five year window sort of thing, I think he's the best player in the world. I still think we're pending the best to come from Spieth. Like I agree. really, yeah, actually, that's a good way to say together. It. So yeah, I think th- this was an interesting year because I feel like his his game is so much less predicated upon hitting the ball well. What do you mean? Like he's his mental game and his course management and everything is so strong that it's less incumbent upon him to just flush his irons or, or you know, kill it off the tee or putt well. Like, he's every, he's always going to be right on the cusp. Whereas if Rory's not on, he's he's off. Right. Whereas Jordan's always on because he's got all these other things working for him. I just think he's, is, and I'll, I'll make the point until I'm in the grave, that he, his ball striking is so underappreciated. And this year he's actually kind of really struggled with putting. And he's legitimately one of the maybe – at worst, ten best iron players in the game. He just doesn't get the. He doesn't have the beautiful sure. swing I'm and like. That's what watch. I think. Yeah. That's what I think made me so pumped about watching him on Thursday. Right. Was and that's what Augusta does so well, and I guess really all the majors do so well is, you never for the rest of the year you never really get too excited about watching a guy hit it, you know, twelve feet left of the pin below the hole like you do it at majors right. where you're like oh my god that's so fucking good what he just did yeah and just, like that's that's yeah. what augusta brings out and all the rest of the majors bring out and spieth does it as well as anybody i feel like he i mean the last two months everybody's been asking like what's wrong with him what's wrong with him and it's it's been a conscientious decision from him to to basically get in the lab and <laughs> try to and, peek and like you know and and work on things and and perfect things and improve instead of just resting on hey i've I had a good year last year. Let's keep it rolling. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, moving on. Rory. Hold on. Guys. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> My heart wanted to answer that question. Okay. It's Mickelson. Yeah. This year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He has to answer yeah. the question. Yeah. Mickelson's going to win the U.S. Open. At Absolutely. I, okay. I was going to say the same thing. I refuse yeah. to believe we'll live in a world without Mickelson winning I think the U.S. Mickelson, Open. Mickelson, Cantlay, and Leishman are all going to share the U.S. Open this year. <laughs> Perfect. I mean... Uh, I wasn't super filled with confidence in what we saw from Phil coming in this week. Well, coming in at the top of his game, he hit the kinesio tape on his wrist today. He was kind of like a poor man's speed this week, where the first round was super solid. Obviously, he had a good number today, shot a 67, and, you know, was just horrendous uh, starting on number nine on Friday. And. You know, as as it tends to do for Phil sometimes, <laughs> it, it, it it gets away from him and, and some big numbers creep in. But, yeah, I, you know, he, he's just going to have to conjure some magic, I think. I, I'm, it's a hard pick. I, I, I hope he – It's a, good, it's a great question. It's one that's going to be circulating for quite some time. Have we got the U.S. Open going to Pebble next year? 
that yep. right? Yeah. Speed, I, so well, speed, that. speed has to win two more. Too. Well, speed's so going like to win a pebble, actually. That's kind of the, the deal, too. Is That's kind of the equalizer. What do you mean speed's got to win two more? Speed's got to win a PGA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to win a PGA... Oh shit! He's already. <laughs> yeah, he's got three. God, he's got three. Yeah. He's so good. Many people. So I still. He's got three. I still and he think, should have seven. I still think. Yeah. He, I still think DJ won at. How old is Bay. he? He's what? Twenty four. Twenty four. Jeez. But I, I think he might win seven Masters. I'm gonna. Wow. It's <laughs> a lot. He. Uh, he. I was kind of disappointed with his. His. You know, before he even went to the PGA last year, said this is going to be the hardest one for me to win because of the setup and everything. I was like. Is a PGA even like known for any specific kind of setup? It's just like a normal yeah. tournament. I don't, I don't, I don't like him. Like, it's like winning the John Deere Classic, right? <laughs> a really long John Deere. Yeah. So the uh, the, the only problem I have he's with, kind of a low key grinder though. It's true. Yeah. You know, I, I think Spieth likes it when it's tougher. Very difficult. Okay. Yeah. Well, moving to uh, moving to May too. You might bring in some some Texas. Texas PGAs. Chaos. We'll see. Uh, I don't think they're scheduled to go to Texas anytime in the next 10 years. We'll see. <laughs> Do you know? uh, First time hearing of this. Um, Are we ready to talk about the Rory disappointment? Well, yet? so the last thing I was going to say I don't about... I we're just, ever going to be ready to talk no. about The last thing I was going to say about predicting the Masters, and it kind of it kind of ties into the Rory thing, is I feel like people tend to get out over their skis a little bit when they're, when they're assigning these Masters winners. Because if you go back, even at what all of us have said over the, you know, whatever past five years, you have a tendency to throw out like, oh, you know, Phil, he, Phil's going to win another one and Tiger, he's going to win another. Jordan's going to win seven. Bubba's going to win, you know, Bubba's going to well, win five. We're, we're you doling know. out a lot Jay, of titles Rory, here. Rory, you know, it's it's a perfect course for Rory. He's probably going to win six of these things. It's like, well, okay, well, that's Start. that's the next 25 years. <laughs> like, I've, I don't know, you know. I don't think it's going to play what out. What was like that. Tiger's? Nobody ever wins as many as people somebody think who's with going a to. Yeah, yeah, laptop. What was Tiger's record? How many Masters has Jordan played in now? Five. This is this was his fifth. Yeah. yeah. What was Tiger's record through five five Masters? He, Two wins. Well, he won as a professional. As a professional. So he won in '97. He won in 2001 and 2002. So he won three of his first six. Two of his first five. So he okay. had, he had two green jackets. How did he finish point. in '98 and '99? 98, I think he was... Uh, Here we go, I got it. You got it. Yep, so 97, first one as a pro, obviously won. He, he so he went win, T8, T18, fifth, win, win, T15, T22, win, T3, T2, second, and then he's like, I don't think Spieth's record is far off of that. No. You know? He had seven top sixes in a row, which is pretty good. Plus, so. Tiger didn't have to deal with Baghdad Jerry... <laughs> In his left-handed that's true. fade, that's true. Yeah. that's true. Very true. Um, I'm okay, Rory. Are we finally ready to do this? Not not mad, just disappointed. I think is the general that's consensus. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was going to go way differently today. I think I I I picked him last night on the live show. I thought Rory was going to run him down. It looked like after one and a half holes that he had run him down. The miss putt on two. Do we really think that's what what derailed him today? I kind of refuse to believe that. I don't that think was, it's what derailed him. I just think it's what kind of gave us the message that, hey, maybe he's maybe his game's not quite ready for prime time or not quite. Not yeah, I mean, quite he came back ready. and he hit. You know, four is probably the hardest hole in the golf course. You know, maybe four and eleven, but he came back and stuck it to what five inside five feet on four. I mean, I think he still he still had some fight left, but I, I don't know. I I didn't really want to. I didn't want to vocalize it because I didn't want it to be true, but I, I got to look at the stats. But I feel like every time he's kind of been in this position, especially at Augusta, I mean, especially at Augusta, but whenever he's up there and you think he's really gonna 
just come out and buck his head. He, he's kind of laid some eggs recently, and I don't know, watching him just kind of block, wipe that ball and almost miss that ball off the first, I was kind of like, ugh. I think the most concerning thing was... I just don't think he's going to go out and like step on the gas and do this. How thing badly he, he hit it off the tee in kind of the, the yeah. middle part of the round. Yeah. yeah. The, I, it may have been the camera angle when they showed a slow-mo of that first swing off the first tee. I legitimately like almost whiffed the ball. Like It was, was so far good. out on the toe. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, coming back at two and stuffing that shot. I mean, I got a driver eight iron or something in number two, which is just absurd. It felt like that was going to, and I don't know, it felt like, you know, I said this, but thought he really actually wanted some kind of vengeance for Hazeltine and kind of thought he made some comments about the course setup at Hazeltine and how, you know, he would have preferred more rough and the, you know, obviously the European team comment about where the pins were set up. And I think he kind of looked at, that easy setup and thought that neutralizes some of his advantage with Reed. And that's what allowed Reed to kind of stay on the same field as him. And you put him in a back, you put him on a golf course, a major championship golf course on Sunday that Roy would wipe the floor with him. And that's what I thought would happen. And I, it didn't, I mean, again, I think historically we're going to look at Rory and Reed in very different ways, but man, that's, that's twice in huge moments that Reed has gotten the better of Rory. This one by a lot. So Rory's start, kind of starting to seem like, and I mean this in the most kind of complimentary, genial way possible, a little bit more like Arnie, where Arnie, Arnie had some really yeah, kind of you know heartbreaking collapses and heartbreaking performances down the stretch in majors and probably should have won twice as many majors as he did and hit the ball a long way past everybody else and was extremely well-liked and well-adjusted and you know just a great ambassador for the game. And I feel like Rory's very similar to that and when he wins he he runs away from the field and boat races everybody but he hasn't shown a, pers- a propensity to grind right and i think that's that's extremely concerning I, I i don't know this may be kind of counteractive to everything i just said but i'm actually more confident after this week that rory's going to win a masters than i was going into it even after the performance today i still think he wins one yeah, yeah. i mean all the pieces are there right <laughs> you know it's just getting them to all line up at the same time. right it's not like it's a golf course he can't play or no, shots out there he course. can't hit or yeah, anything yeah. like that and um so yeah and it's it's different it was different the weeks that you know we watched him grind for three days and then shoot the final round 65 to finish t5 which is like all right I never felt like you were in contention here. Being in the final group, again, lessons to be learned from it. I think he said he learned from being in the last group Saturday in 2016 with Spieth. Uh, he's obviously learned from what happened in 2011, and there will be learn- lessons to be learned about this today. So I, 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 my confidence hasn't dipped that he will win one. With Rory, I just don't feel like we've – I don't think everything's clicked for him for four days at Augusta. You know, I mean, that, that's obvious, but if you look at his other major wins and you look at kind of the arc of his career – Last year was kind of a lost year. I think he's still getting back into the flow of things. So I, you know, I think the best is yet to come this year, and I think next year is probably a more realistic interpretation because he's still, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, he's still getting used to new equipment. He's still getting used to married hey, life. A little bit. Of, I mean, this is so intangible too, but like just getting a little confidence back. Yeah. Too. You know. I mean, he had the the week at Bay Hill, which we kind of have talked about on the either the podcast or the live show. But I mean, you know, it's. Almost that kind of unsustainable makes every putt he looks mm-hmm. at, you know, sort like of thing. You almost need to validate that win, right? Yeah, and I think coming out this week and just being in the hunt and the final group and all that stuff, I mean, he's just, he, he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, it doesn't just pop up out of nowhere for him. You know, he needs to kind of build towards build towards something big and, you know, hopefully kind of getting a couple more of these will, will help with that. And he talked a lot about it in uh, Abu Dhabi where yeah. he was saying, you know, he's like, in the past, you know, last couple of years when I played well, like, 
I've been hurt and I just couldn't practice and I felt sheepish when I played well because I felt like I didn't truly deserve to those results. I was coasting by on natural talent yeah. when really, you know, I feel like once he once he gets an ample amount or a, a you know a sizable amount of hard work in, the results are going to pay dividends. I don't think he's there yet though. It's interesting to me how so he had three third place finishes in majors before he won one. And since he's won, he won his first major, 2011 U.S. Open. He's he hasn't had like a close call. He's won four of them. He's won two of them by wide margins, two by close margins, and then the rest have been. He's no, he has no no runner-ups, no third-place finishes. He has a fourth place, 2015 at the Masters, which was backdoored. He's never. He doesn't have like the close calls, and it's. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means and anything. Even the top tens that he gets, it seems like he's coming. Right. He's either fading fast or coming from yeah. way back and shooting 65 on, yeah. on Sunday. I don't mean this in a bad way. He may be a front runner. Like he's yeah. just when he's in the lead and and he's either on or off. He closes you know? and takes care of it. So, Randy, what's your Rory take? I think you guys. I, I think you guys have covered it sufficiently. Um, <laughs> well, save save it because the next topic you're gonna have to carry us. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. real quick, just I, I don't have much to add here. You know, we kind of touched on it on the live show, but uh, which we keep referencing the live show. If you if you haven't watched it, tune in on Twitter every Sunday after get the last involved. putt drops. Get involved. Yeah. Uh, but from a week long perspective, who was the forgotten man this week? Week long. Week long. I think Justin Rose. He may have been the forgotten man. He, I think he shot four rounds. He shot even 70, 71, 69, finished T12. I think I maybe saw him hit five or six shots. I don't even know if shots. I saw him hit any shots. I mean, man, for a two-time major champion, I didn't see Bubba Watson. He finished T5. I didn't see him hit a lot of shots. I had to watch him putt well, a lot. Yeah, we watched him putt a lot. Which I don't want to do that. I want we to watched him putt into a bunker. Which yeah, was, that was fantastic. I think I saw him sick. play sick. thirteen or putt on 13 three different days, and they None of those three days they showed his second shot. He's maybe has the most famous tee shot ever on that hole. I didn't watch him hit any tee shots on that on that hole this week. But um, Forgotten Man kind of will tie into to CBS, I think, more so than anything. But uh, we got to talk about the runner-up. We haven't even mentioned him yet, I don't think. Uh, Mr. Richard Flower. Uh, Randy, there was there was a line, like a little line, tater. a line of sweat on our brand new couches that looked a lot like from where you were sitting today. Swamp butt. You I, were sweating this one out. I, I mean, your thoughts? That's a little bit of fake news. I think I was <laughs> I was comfortable. I, I think my take is. Hold on, I, I'm, I'm gonna crack a beer for this. I, uh, <laughs> I contend. I contend it was a little bit of a backdoor second. I'm not sure how much he was in it. Um, he shot no. 65, 67 on the weekend. <laughs> he did, but he was one over through seven today. I, I think if he gets off to well, obviously if he gets off to a better start, he's you know yeah he he's in it. But um, just as far as applying pressure, um, really having a chance, you know, he just kind of ran out of holes, and, and I think that's that's attributed to his start. Um, I think he'd be getting a lot more flack if he started hot and then played the last like seven one over. Like I think it's more impressive that he birdied six of the he, last eleven. He did battle. He did battle. He bucked. He's a good player. He's a good <laughs> player. I've never claimed he's not a good player. Um, well, what is your? Can you clarify your take? Yeah. Let's get, let's get this on the record. So Randy's so, going to be a lot more of a staple on this podcast. So let's get, let's get this laid out and let's do it now. I, I wish we could roll back the tape. Um, <laughs> if you guys could. Do you guys remember what you said at the start of this podcast about Patrick Reed? Yeah. About what this win does for him? Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't put him in Rory's class. It doesn't put him in Spieth's class. It doesn't, you know, he's not there. He's not here. 
Well, you know, he's clearly now above Ricky in terms of career accomplishments. Definitely. Totally. But yet, you know, who 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 gets fawned over, you know, every telecast? I mean, who has the Tax Slayer endorsement, though? Who, you know, who, who was being put in the big four a few years ago? I, I just think my, my take, my, my honest-to-God take from the beginning I mean, Reed been, kind of put himself in the big five a couple of years ago. And that's fair. And that's fair. My my honest to God take from from you know a few years ago was I, my whole thing has been his, his reputation has always um, outpaced his on course results and and I think in conjunction with that you know gosh you just get a ton of that marketing a, a ton of the you know the high tops the orange the just there's a lot that's getting thrown in my face which i, I just i don't like it um subprime mortgage is really piss randy off <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not picking up what he's putting down all the time um so so that's my you know that's my that's where you're coming from that's my original take and i believe the i believe the term was uh uh, late stage capitalism. So I glossed some late stage capitalism, Rick, this weekend. Uh, Post industrialist Rick. Yeah, I think he's a little over monetized. I, I think he's you know preying on this like fast fashion uh, trends that which are just horrendous for the environment. I, I think you know. I think it's cynical. I think it's you know. Um, he just it's one of my favorite late stage capitalism quotes i'll read it for you um it comes from the novel bleeding edge and the guy and the guy goes late capitalism is a pyramid racket on a global scale and i there you have it and i just kind of feel like that's ricky's game a little bit that's his reputation that's not a mean-spirited take and that's nothing against him personally everything i've heard about him personally i've never met the guy he's a great guy to hang out with and so i want to make that clear it's it's nothing personal it's just as a as a golf fan which i am that's how i feel And, and it makes the you know quite honestly it makes it more fun week to week when he is a little bit of a heel for me i also want to make note that he's clearly a like Reed gets a lot of flack for being a thief from his old, you know, the old stories, but nobody's talking about the farmer's commercial with Ricky. Stolen turf. Sod. Yeah, he Stole steals the sod. The sod yeah. and he's hanging yeah. it up in his place. So did I? And insurance fraud too. Did I do a good job laying that out? Yeah. Is, is that? Yeah, totally. I, fair. I, I, I think feel a lot like of it's fair. Feel the same way, probably. Randy, one of your best points that you've ever made. I think about this sometimes when I lay down at night. Is <laughs> is that Ricky's got work to do to get Martin Keimer's career? Yeah, that resonated with me. And Martin Keimer might be the forgotten perennially, man. Perennially, like tragically underrated player historically, yeah. but. Uh, no, that makes total sense. All right, I'm, I'm gonna ask you guys answer as quick as you can. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a Ricky comparison here. I think I got one too. Good. So Ricky, he looked like looked like a Tennessee Volunteers football coach today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that his his career thus far has been akin to the Butch Jones era. The Butch Jones, yeah. <laughs> he just flashy recruiting, a lot of um, says lot the of, right thing. Yeah, a lot of sexy motivational yeah. speeches and stuff. You know. Program seems like it's trending in the right direction, but is there a foundation there? I think it's fair to ask. I, I think, you know. And a lot of orange, too, obviously. Yeah. I think the margin's just so small, and that, like, if Reed yaks that three and a half footer and they go to a playoff and he's the major championship winner, it's a coronation. And all that stuff is kind of out of his control. Like, he got beat by one guy by one shot. It's like, I think, so what I was going to ask is, what is, 
how many, answer as fast as you can. How many top fives do you think Rick has at majors? Oh, Probably six, eight, seven, eight. Yeah, eight seven, Two eight, at each yeah. of them. Jeez. Like that's that's performing really well. I mean, on DJ's the big stage. DJ wrote the seminal piece on Ricky. But this is where thanks, thanks, man. this is where you, like people I feel like guys can get punished for performing really well and not winning. It almost gets held yeah. against oh, them totally. more well, than not performing. Yeah, and it's the whole thing like you got to you know how well do you have to play in order to be labeled a choker basically. Right. You know, it's or, kind of the same. Or how well do you have to play to to deserve the endorsements on the flip side. Yeah, yeah you know. I I don't so I, I I don't want to sound like I'm waffling here because Randy, I see where you're coming from for sure. At the same time, you know I'm not going to fault anybody for putting money in the pocket. You know if somebody's willing to offer it to him, you know it's hard to say no to. Hashtag Team Wasp. But that doesn't mean we have to like it. Right. You know, so it's yeah, yeah that's, I feel like that's it's my a, choice. Yeah, it's a complex yeah. issue. Randy doesn't like being sold to. I was going to say it's kind of almost don't a, pee on my leg and tell me it's rain. <laughs> yeah. He almost has. Uh, if you were going to compare him to a band, he almost kind of has some Imagine Dragons vibes. You oh, would say, God. <laughs> which he's of, of which he's a fan. Of if, which yeah. was quoted from the 18th Tower at Augusta National. If today, McCord got Nick banished Fowler quoted for, in a an Imagine Dragons song, McCord got banished kind of for world uh, in? talking about bikini wax. Yeah, Nick Fowler should get. Twenty-five to life. I mean, yeah, that's that's egregious. <laughs> yeah, you should get a jacket taken away. Welcome to the new age. <laughs> to the new twice. age. Yeah. Um, oh, Disgusting. We're gonna get to. We're, we still got some things to cover before CBS. How long have we made it in here? Are we are we adequately covered with Richard Flower? Well, Did you guys want well, to make it? The question is, are you guys? I mean, my my stance isn't changing. I just I, think it's like you know until think, he wins. Until well, he, wins, know, he wins, I, I will. Yeah, I will yeah. gladly. I'm not going to consider him an elite player until he wins. Well, do you think there's some? Majors, uh, you know, I'm. He's a really, really, really good player. I don't think he's a great player. Yet. We're all probably a little that's, young to make the comparison here, but is, are there some Mickelson comparisons here? For sure. No. Well, Mickelson, I think Phil just won too many Mickelson other tournaments. Won a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah. But that's where I that, that, that I was going to make that comment. And what's Rick? 28, 29, but 29, yeah. I believe. Mickelson uh, again. Mickelson had a different career leading up to winning his first major, but Mickelson didn't win his first major. He was thirty-three, like yeah. four more. Like, totally. It's so easy to forget about Sergio. the build-up. Yeah. It, it, it happens. It, it takes. These guys sometimes a long time. I think that I think the dream scenario is he starts picking these things off, and everyone can just be happy for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, including Randy. Including Randy. That. My, I, I think he'll get one. I, I think yeah, he'll yeah, get I think a he major. Um, I, I kind of see him on a Fred Couples DL three Jim Furyk, yeah, uh, yeah. trajectory. I'll tell you Which, what the what the comp you know, that's might that's be. a probably a Hall of Fame career. He's he's got to win some more tour events. So that's kind of the. The elephant in the room a little bit, or I the overlooked. What does he have? Seven. I think he's got the comp might be no. uh, really. Yeah, he's it's got, first time hearing this. Well, he's got some. You know, he's got some Euro. Yeah, that's wins, true. I guess. Guys, Payne Stewart. I'm a globalist. I, I see him all the same. Payne Stewart won two majors, but Payne Stewart didn't win a major until he was. Payne Stewart he won, won three majors. Nineteen. Yeah, he won three majors. Really? Two U.S. Opens, one PGA. That's right. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he didn't win a major until August of 1989, at which point he was 32 years old. Well, that was like forever. That was the statistical that, age had, golfers always peaked at. Yeah. I mean, Adam Scott, Adam four, Scott was 32, 33. Payne Stewart had four wins prior to winning that first major. He won one in 89. He won the 91 U.S. Open. He won the 99 U.S. Open, obviously. Um, That's interesting. That could be the comp. I think that, you know. I like so. that. 
Yeah, I like that too. And they and they were both kind of distinct, just from a dressing standpoint, distinctive too. in their yeah. own regard as well. That's so interesting. I think that might be that's a good com- good yeah. comparison. But I, you know, I think Ricky may, might be slightly above that just because the depth is a little bit stronger these days. But Ricky even more than Nickers at uh, Pinehurst. That's right. We there you have it. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> we're about forty minutes in. And this might be of, of any of the golf podcasts. I think we'll make it the longest without having a Tiger mention. Did we have a mention? It might have been a mention. We haven't talked about him yet, though. For I don't being even want to talk about him. Like it's, we're going to talk about him plenty this year. I think we got a lot of good things to come. I think it's worth um, addressing, definitely. I mean, he came in the tournament as a favorite. and Guys, he drove the shit out of the ball this weekend. I think he drove it well when it was too late. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But, but I think that was really, that was really <laughs> encouraging, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I could see him playing really like you know we're we're Jacksonville centric obviously but I could see him playing really well to players. Oh yeah, the way he's kind of picking things apart. I can, I hitting, can see that hitting three irons off yeah, yeah. flattish Florida courses yeah. that he's done well at so far this season. I think it was you know in hindsight we got a little excited everyone did but I thought it was validated. But going to bent grass greens and a totally hilly different golf course than what he said. Yeah, he just played. missed in so many bad spots those first yeah. couple days. It just right? wasn't with tight enough. Missing greens with wedges and just kind of... Yeah. Just needs to tighten. Just yeah, tight. Legally, yeah, tight. we can't tell yeah. him to yeah. lose just, weight, but just tight. Just tight. tighter. But I'm kind of... I'm pissed he's not playing Heritage. Too. That would be sweet. I think my man needs some rest. I mean, he's going to get back I mean, in the gym. I mean, so he's, yeah, 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 dude. So he needs to get in the gym. Hey, that was, like, he, he goes out of his way to say that. Yeah. Uh, some chatter about from some some people I talked to about him limping around a little bit, like looking a little tentative with the back. I didn't, I didn't see, see it. That. Did you guys see it? I okay. I thought Even healthy. if I, I mean, that's hard to. I don't right. Know. I think it's, it's a kind of a five hundred miles away watching right. on TV. It's imagined hard to, it, but hard to tell. Um, Phil along the same lines. We we uh, was a bit of a disappointment this week. I think it was the first time that he and Tiger have finished outside the top ten, like both finished outside the top ten in like twenty years or something like that. I don't even so know if Phil was a disappointment this week. He was just. I mean, I was excited for him going in, but that driver he hit off the deck on Saturday. <laughs> totally avenged his 79. That was pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was he was priming to play Knox on Sunday after whiffing on that first hole. I thought he was going to post throw up an 80 and make sure he got in that Knox so match. I, I think the hard thing with Phil is, and Tiger, I guess, as well, is you know coming into this week, we all kind of said the same thing, that you know there's probably 12 guys that are, are basically favorites. At this thing, and there's all these big names. You know that not all of them are going to be there, or going to you know justify the hype or whatever. But I mean, the people who are in the top, that top kind of 10, 12, whatever. I mean, Reed, Fowler, Spieth, Rom, Bubba, Stenson, McElroy, Dustin. I mean, those guys were like all there. It's just you know all twelve guys are not going to be there. It's just yeah, you know, it's just not how it goes. So. You know, we got a pretty dream masters totally I think, for you know. Uh, yeah, it's you, probably- had, you had a great point. On uh, on the live show about kind of you know what this what a leaderboard like this means I guess maybe is that right. how you said it yeah yeah I, and that's what I was gonna say it's it's um it's a post Phil Tiger leaderboard like this this could be the leaderboard in the year twenty twenty six yeah I mean we're in good hands that's why that's what made the Tiger and Phil resurgences so interesting is like. Like 2014, the game was kind of in a weird place. It wasn't like it is currently. So, but having those guys added back into the mix of already a lot of excitement going on is awesome. And like them dropping out meant we still got a great match. We didn't, yeah. have, tre- we didn't have a Trevor Emelman year. We didn't have a Zach well, Johnson year. Yeah, so. it, like like it doesn't feel. 
you don't feel fulfilled unless you get kind of a passing of the torch. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Now, we need before it all ends. We need you know a tiger or Phil or tiger and Phil kind of duel on Sunday with one of these young guys. It's tiger like, has passed the torch to Reed. I think it's very clear. <laughs> Trump just Reed, said it. I think Reed hit him in the back and stole the torch. <laughs> maybe. Guys, going back to the Payne Stewart Ricky Fowler comp. Payne Stewart lost five playoffs from 1984 to 1989 uh, for tour wins too. So he was kind of. You know, had trouble closing the deal. He lost a bogey on one of the playoffs. <laughs> so, good. you know, but that 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 like that kind of feeds into mm-hmm. the Ricky can't close thing too, where it's it's kind of just like, hey, it's a game of numbers. Yeah. It's almost that he like I don't I don't think chances. it's that he can't close. It's almost like he won't close. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, like he, he obviously think can. it's a conscientious. I, uh, I don't know. It's just something like he he definitely can. I have seen him time. do it. I have a hard time. It like, just saying like, doesn't happen sometimes I after after six birdies in the last eleven holes. I have such a yeah, hard time exactly. with it. Or, or, with it being well, can't no, close. I don't think anybody can say you can't close after the players. The one right. year. That that's was what I mean. Absurd. Um, I mean, what did he what what did he shoot today on the back? One, two. I mean, thirty two on the back. Yeah. Bogey free, thirty two on the back. I mean, if Reed made like all of this is so. It's so context driven, so arbitrary, right? Like if yeah. if Reed makes a bogey on eleven and fourteen, was, yeah, then Ricky 31. looks like he, then Ricky looks like he came in and made this late charge and shut the door. You know, dude, it's how like, many guys have shot fourteen under to Gus? And he birdied the and he birdied the last yeah. when he needed to birdie the last. So I mean, it's like, yeah, dude, that was just, serious. I think he might just be super unlucky. Can we talk about <laughs> Rom a little bit? I, I don't know, Rom, right? I feel like Rom might be you kind might of create the... your own luck. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Zane. No. I don't know. Yeah, he's. Yeah, well, I've said my piece. Rom might kind of be the forgotten man too. He's is he still number? He's number three in the world right now. I think he might be four. I mean, yeah, I think he is three. I think Spieth is four. And I don't feel like he really played that well this week. And he was they right, didn't show he much. Of and him he the was first right there. Rounds. Yeah, yeah. They they whiffed on that in the first couple of days. I mean, they finally he made the big charge Saturday. And, and I guess yeah. In fairness to CBS, he did shoot a seventy five on Thursday. Um, but then, yeah, talk about back in that, you know, coming back, 68, 65, 69. And he missed some shots coming in today. Right. Um, he made it interesting there for a while. Yeah. He's, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'll be surprised if Rom doesn't win a major this year. I think he wins P, yeah. the, uh, what a, P, PGA. I think he wins yeah. Bell Reef. Um, shout out to Big Leash, huh? I mean, absolutely. He, yeah. he, he didn't, you know, he finished strong on the back nine today, but kind of got the drop from coverage treatment. Yeah, didn't have 35 great, of his last seven today. Didn't have a great Saturday, but man, I think the loudest the Killhouse got <laughs> the entire week was his shot on 15. Coming after his tee shot, CBS says, I'm gonna have to lay up, he's not gonna be able to get there. 235 yards, hooking around the tree to left flag, stuffing it, and making an eagle. I believe Tron called it one of the best moments of his life. <laughs> It was a triumph of the human spirit. Of Tron's life, not of Leishman's not, life. You're right, right. Of Tron's life. It was awesome. I thought Maddie was going to rip the bib off and just flash the no laying up yeah. t-shirt after that shot. That was just, that was, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's, we joke about that being awesome, but like to flash that kind of stones with with everything on the line. I know it's Friday, but man, I mean, like you, this is what you prepare for, the term you prepare for, to hit that shot under that. And the, like the people were saying, like the, again, the announcers were saying, he's going to, he has to lay up from there. And that didn't even sound like it was a consideration for them. Well, Tron, you'll probably get into this a little bit more too, but you know we're talking to Maddie kind of throughout the week about course conditions and and stuff, and you know watching what happened to Leash. And granted, he didn't make any putts yesterday and kind of didn't do himself any favors, but watching what happened to him kind of shows a little bit, I think, of what happens when the course gets soft and kind of what starts to happen there's because no fire. Yeah. there's no fire in it, and that's like when guys like him, I think, who are just like these stellar iron players. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, you know, granted, Spieth flexed all over everybody today as, as a great iron player as well. But, you know, that's kind of what I love about major championships is just watching these guys have to hit their irons to surgical spots. And when the course gets kind of soft, you lose a little bit of that. And and so some people were making the point about, like, the sub-air system is, like, you know, everybody says Augusta can basically create like, whatever golf course. God. Yeah, they yeah. can kind of create whatever golf course they want. And, you know, we saw kind of a softer little – I don't know, tamer or a little, you know, more kind of birdie conducive, which maybe that's what they're going for. I'm not really sure, but it's just less interesting when it's yeah. wet. Well, they can control what, how firm the greens play, but they don't have sub air all over the property. No, right? that's what I'm saying. So, and it's, so you can't have a super soft. There were, there were a lot of shots even today. Like, you know, the, I expected it to be drier today. Yeah. Like the shot that Reed hit in a 15, I just remember like kind of sticks yeah. with me was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of trickling off the back and you see that like l- earlier in the week, you know, that's the one that runs, all the way to the bottom of the hill and leaves you with this just absolutely terrifying yeah. shot coming back straight down the hill. And so just stuff like that is what you kind of lose from the first two days, which I guess it, it gets traded. a lot more margin for error. It gets traded off with eagles and birdies, which is probably yeah. what they want, but it's just, it's kind of a tough trade, I guess. But the point, and Troy made this point earlier, but that the birdies are still there, right? But your margin for your bad shots, you just get punished more, like more harshly for your bad shots when you it's get more exposed. firm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they did a good job of not firming the greens up too much with the rest of the course being soft because it's always, it's it's it doesn't make for a good tournament. I don't think when like the run up areas are super soft and then the greens are firm, you don't give guys even options on how to play it, right? So, so. here's a question, maybe a little bit abstract. At what point does Augusta just put a dome? <laughs> Within the next fifty years, will they play within a dome? Well, that's I don't think question. that's abstract at all. <laughs> no, well, 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 I, do dealing... the, I do think the sub air thing is a, a, a tad overrated. I know they got a lot of rain yesterday, but um, you know everybody acts like it's just them playing God with the course, and it's not. Like the course played vastly different Saturday and Sunday than it did earlier in the week, and I know that helps. Um, but also, you know, I just think there, there's just there's just too much rough and second cut everywhere too. To where, when the course does play softer, it it plays even tamer than it would have otherwise because there's all this longer grass and the right. ball doesn't roll out and in bad spots. Like for instance, behind 15. It's possible that the uh, increased number of commercials could be going into the dome fund. Mm. Here we Which go. I'd, I'd be all was. for that. Fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. CB. We were saying it when we were there on Wednesday, yeah. how cool it would be if they could kind of Truman show that place. Yeah. And you know, like, Christoph. like I'm guessing there's some green, <laughs> some green jackets that weren't really psyched about Reed. It'd be, you know, they crank up the wind on 17 and 18 and it's like a mix between mani- Truman show and hunger games. Yeah. Maybe even manipulate a couple of the greens <laughs> yeah. as he's, as he's, you know, playing to him. Earthquake. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. All the conspiracy theories that would come from oh, the Reed kit for that no one. Doubt. Um, that's a great transition. Talking about commercials straight to CBS. It's time. We made <laughs> it like 50 minutes. We made it a long way into this one. Let's keep it tight. People, we, people, you know, we've we've made we our probably point here. set our piece. Yeah. I think DJ's oh. on the take from CBS. I'm not. I'm not. No, I, I think there's I think there's one take to be had here, and that is pivotal moment in the tournament. Jordan Speed. Uh, everybody knows that he flared it out to the right. I'll I would use another word in any other context. But, um, yeah. um, flared out to the right on 13. CBS goes to commercial. They come back from commercial. While they're at commercial, Speed hits the second shot into 13 after a long. Discussion, conversation, debate with Greller, where about club selection, which kind of just proved that they are probably the best yeah. player caddy duo Correct. out there right now. Which, which uh, 
Faldo probably would have talked over anyway, but we'll <laughs> let that go. So everybody's watching this on masters.com or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not cause I want to watch it on the big TV. You know, I don't want to like, I, like I want one. Yeah. We're all kind of watching together. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I get the whole streaming thing. Everybody's like, yeah, just watch it on masters.com. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're in a big room together. We're not huddled around a computer. Yeah, you want to watch the main telecast. And then they come back from commercial. They show uh, a montage I don't even. I, I, Rory, I, would, I wouldn't call it a highlight package because Roy didn't make a putt. I don't think it was Roy missed putts. Is what the highlights were. And then they showed Ricky putting on ten, and they showed two. Or yeah, and then they showed two tee shots on ten, and like four, four or five minutes elapsed between when possibly one of the most pivotal moments in the entire tournament transpired, and they they showed it canned, and they cut out the forty second conversation between Spieth and Greller. Like that, and this was after birdies on eight, yeah. birdie on nine, then he birdied 12. And every, like you hit the tee shot, and you know that there's a decision that's going to come here. Like it's, yeah. It was it was evident. You, the decision to go to commercial. It's not, maybe they had to. Again, I don't know how that stuff works, but you got to It wasn't know, a long commercial. No, but you got to come back. You got to be ready for this moment that is coming up. It is the one of the best holes in golf with a former Masters champion as much as like Augusta celebrates his former champions, and he's making the charge. He was nine back to start the day, is making the charge. He was already six under on the day, and he's about to hit the shot into 13, and you you whiffed it. Like, well, you totally whiffed it. So here's where I'm at. It's is inexcusable. I don't, I don't even care that – I get what you guys are saying with you know the timing of it and t- delaying it and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't even like. I really even don't, if it's canned. I don't even care about that yeah. because the you know we are a special kind of like weird golf nut that has it on the iPad and watching on Twitter and doing all this stuff. The vast, vast, vast majority of people are not doing that. So like, show it in whatever order you want. Just tell the story. What's inexcusable is not a showing a replay of probably the, a not showing the golf, probably, not probably the best, the story. probably the best shot of the tournament. B not going back and say, oh, this is what happened before he hit that shot. That's pretty bad. I mean, the that's, conversation that's, was awesome. That's pretty inexcusable. It yeah. was good. He was like talking about four iron, and he's like, and then probably one of the best like top two or three caddy player conversations yeah. of the year. Oh like, yeah, you know, Greller says you should, I think it's hybrid, and Speed's like I think I have to hit it a groove low. They pick up their start <laughs> they're line. Talking about the wind. They're yeah. talking about yeah. It was just catnip yeah. to oh, the it was everything. Can we talk about Spieth birdied 13 all four days? Birdied 15 all four days. He played the par fives 12 under this week. God, he should have won. So he didn't, did he not, what did he do on two and eight? He played two, one under, and he, he eagled eight. He played uh, eight, three under. Crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's um, wild, man. But yeah, among other things, man, I mean, it's just like, we, Faldo, it's, at any, at no point, and I know I said this in the live show, at no point did I feel like I was listening to somebody that had won the Masters three <laughs> times, much less I'd ever played this golf course. I mean. <laughs> How is he talking about Imagine Dragons coming up 18 fairway? Like you have been in this scenario, you've three won. times. You've won coming up this hole. Like, give me something, man. I mean, like, uh, well, so he kind of. I don't know. I've made a point to you guys while we were sitting here that Nance kind of like pressed it. Like, I think kind of coaxed him. Yeah. Into- like, I don't, I don't think we're the only people that have been having this thought. Like, I think it almost seemed like production kind of nudged him and was like, "Hey, man, like." You know, you maybe you're going through the motions. Like, give us some insight because Nance kept pressing him on, you know, oh, you know, this is going to be a really hard shot coming up. What makes it so hard? And Nance, to his credit, did a really good job mm-hmm. of that. I think they kind of, totally it kind of went away later in the round, maybe, but at least it looked like they were giving it a shot. They were conscientious of it. Yeah. yeah so hopefully that. I don't know. It's a long season. Hopefully that continues. But I mean, we'll so one positive, like the eighth hole, eighth tee, Ian Baker Finch is like, all right, this bunker. He's trying to play this as close to this eighth bunker to increase his angle into eight green. 
I was like, wow, that guy. I sh- one, I shouldn't be surprised by this, but that was like so on a shot by shot basis. That's what makes Augusta great. Is like it's all about playing to the right angles and the right positions and whatnot. And th- that shouldn't be some, like a rarity in a broadcast. It's like you got to inform your viewers. I know it's a casual audience viewing into the Masters and it's fluff and it's you know roses and azaleas <laughs> and everything's wonderful with music. But and as far as Augusta goes, that's one of the few places on the course these days where you talk about the setup and everything, where there's actually a, a reward for playing to an angle and playing close to a bunker and playing yeah. it as McKenzie intended instead of whatever this is these days. After a the tee Fazio shot, course don't say is. like, oh, he's fine there. It's like, all right, yeah, it's in the fairway, but he's on the wrong side of it. Like, tell us, like, is that ideal position or is that, you know, acceptable position? Let us know, like, what the considerations are that go on a shot-by-shot basis. I hate the default, especially with wide fairways, the default to being like, oh, he's just fine there. Oh, it's, you know, he can get a club on that. Okay, but like these are professionals. Like they're trying to do things with the ball. And I feel like Costas does it on fifteen a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. It's, yes. but it's just because yes. there's tree. I mean, I think part of it though is too is like rational. Like there's there's trees there, and he physically can't. Yeah. Start the pin. Well, and that yeah, a good example of that. I don't really remember what they said, but like where Reed laid up to on fifteen was mm-hmm. just awesome. I mean, yep. that was like was a cool. Ideal. Yeah, that's like a cool spot where it's like, you know when he punches it through, it's almost like, oh man, he like pulled it. It's going left, but it's like, no, well, he's trying to hit yeah. it there because it's flat. He could have easily got a good angle. He's got, you know, punched it yeah, with the, a hook around the yep, trees. Exactly. He did that 11 play. too. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. 11 was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Randy, I know like we probably even watch, we, we watch much more golf. You've been kind of deep in the, in the high school basketball scene for a while. It's probably your first kind of big four day telecast for a while. What were your impressions? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll echo your thoughts that, that you've just laid out. I think um, what's what's most, I, I guess, frustrating, I just don't get it, is they have the pro, I'm going to go a little bit dire- a different direction, but they have this pro tracer technology, and you get it on some holes. First year they've used it at Augusta, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So you'd think they'd be really keen to If there was a tournament where they could truly have it on every tee box, you would figure uh, this would be the tournament. And so you just get so many of these shots where you're behind the player, they're teeing off, and you can't pick up the ball off impact. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you're guessing as to the swing and the reaction, and then they pick up the ball in flight and, you know. Or they don't pick up the ball in flight. (laughs) Or they don't. And it's just like, you know, okay right like I, you know i saw the swing and i saw where it landed i, I just feel like it's they, they it could just be better i don't know it's frustrating it's look at the pro tracer on speed drive on 18 today like we saw it go yeah. left we all i mean mm-hmm. pro tracer adds and we talk about this is like the 50th time i've said this on this podcast how much it adds to the viewer experience that's context your level of excitement to yeah you don't know what you're watching otherwise yeah. like on well, a that's shot. What i was gonna say is the problem with it is it kind of ruins the golf shots where it's not on Right, yeah. it, you totally. Just get so used to seeing it that, like, that was your problem, Randy. I, th- I forget what hole it was, uh, like fourteen maybe, where they didn't yeah, have it, right. and you know we're so used to watching these guys hit it, and then you see one without, and you're like, where the hell is the ball? Going? What <laughs> right, you know, and it, like it almost amplifies, but it just you know, it amplifies when yeah. it's not there, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird situation. But, you know, people get on us for bitching too much about CBS. Like the next major is going to have Pro Tracer on all of them. Yeah, like it can be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that for myriad of reasons, is you know. CBS contracts, all that bullshit is why it doesn't happen. We're but, talking about billion dollar contracts right. here too. Like <laughs> you get an investment. Billion in with shit. a B. Yeah. <laughs> my my last just quick point is it for some reason it didn't feel like other masters telecasts. I I agree. 
I don't know if it was the commercials. I don't know if, uh, yeah. what it was, but it just no just, Joe Ford, just no Joe Ford. Yeah, so so the, the commercial front. I think a. I want to give a shout out to Masters.com. Yes, yeah. I think just watching that, especially the first two days, and yeah. with, with some of the featured group. Oh, we had some qualms with some of the featured group picks, or you know, not yeah, that's not a, that's that a tradition. That's every a tradition. Year. Yeah, like any that not like ejecting year. from certain groups or whatever. But that's that telecast is second to none. I mean, those guys just yeah. Kind of get out of the way. Davis Love the Third was good. Everybody on that telecast was good. Andrew Cotillon was whatever. Um, but I feel like on the weekend there was so, there was a lot more commercial breaks. The commercials didn't necessarily add up to more time spent in commercial. So it was, you know, but it was so much more chopped up. You had the flow. Got, yeah, yeah, you had little 20, 30 second commercials every ten minutes. That's and what a lot the of same commercials. That's yeah, what kills you. Uh, totally. But like I. It left me yearning for the Mickelson, the Exxon, uh, science, you know, <laughs> art, yeah, science academy, you know, the Phil and Amy, uh, Phil and Amy yeah. academy. We missed this that, that during the uh, the Spieth shot on thirteen, one of the commercials was the AT and T Spieth laying up commercial. Well, it was that yeah. one, and then when he missed the short putt on eighteen, it was the no gimmies commercial. Right, it's like that was a really no, but, weird, but the but the piece the, of copywriting. The most ironic the part about team. the whole laying up commercial was the slogan is "It can wait." <laughs> <laughs> and speed and they're and they're it, like yeah, yeah. Been, it, it will wait yeah it will it wait will like wait. we're refusing to show you this for another five minutes even though it's already happened at&t's is phrases it can wait and cbs is it will yeah wait. i love it uh masters.com the functionality of that was yeah. amazing seamless you could yeah. flip so quick between browsers there was just no never buffering never no. yeah it was really good oh man for one week a year those guys they crush the technology aspect to a level that is kind of, is incomprehensible. Like, yep. this, DJ, I think you had some takes on Vern. Oh no! <laughs> I thought we were past this, but uh, well, look, I said this. I think on the live show, I feel like a bit like Stephen A. Smith, kind of setting this up. You know, no one skip. No one respects <laughs> Vern more than me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. however, 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 uh, Vern was trash. No, uh, no. He just, I, I finally, I think once it clicked in my head, and this is going to sound kind of stupid, probably, but once it clicked in my head that all he's doing is just basically like stating very literal facts, <laughs> which I know is kind of what it all you know play by play is, but it's like, and uh, here comes Cameron Smith, and he hits it to twelve feet. He's from Australia. And he's from Australia. And now here comes Justin Thomas walking to the green. That one's short. That one is short. <laughs> it, it almost sounded like a video game version, like a soundboard from like, like, you know, like an internet soundboard from like 2004 where you just, you click and, you know, there's all the different buttons that correspond with different phrases. It was like, it was a little, it was a little tough. The there, scoreboard there pops much. up. Yeah, there was, like, there was He did much. stay out of the way when speed hit the putt on 16. Right, yeah. which... So <laughs> that's one of those like misguided compliments, I feel like, where, yeah, for sure, you know, oh God, I love that guy because he just doesn't say anything. It's like, well, that's not that hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> but would I rather have somebody like Vern versus somebody like Faldo? Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because Faldo's uh, just mumbling all over yeah. every caddy player convo. And- but Vern is, Vern is almost like, you know, I think he, he kind of gets, it's kind of the whole CBS thing. And maybe this is a commentary on it not really evolving and, you know, 30 years, but uh, these guys have all kind of become a little bit of kind of caricatures of 
themselves, I feel like. Maybe with, you know, Costas is probably the, the exception to that. But, you know, a lot of the times it's it's just, it's these guys like almost feel like they're Nobolo playing. Too. Yeah, and Nobolo too, good call. But they, they almost kind of feel like they're playing the role of themselves in these things. And it's it's just really, it's really annoying. You know, people, people kind of, I think Tab Vern is like, Oh man, it's it's great to have Vern in there. It's like, well, you're just you're kind of pining for like because you've watched '86 Masters too much or something. His voice is stellar though. Yeah, His voice is totally, but it's it's all built for the one moment. Where it's, oh God, like, and that's cool. But that is the big time exception to the rule. I would say we're getting a little. I feel uh, like I feel like Augusta. That's kind of worked out. That's kind of a analogy for Augusta in general. Too. Yeah, it's beca- I agree. It's, a, it's becoming a little caricature of itself. So we were there on Wednesday. Does that kind of fit into what we were, what we were feeling? I know we, we kind of laid out, laid out some takes on the podcast last week about you know attending the tournament and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I had to write up on the website. Randy, what do you too. think, bud? It's great to be back. Pretty nice grounds. Patron um, Randy. Yeah, benevolent so, Randy. Um, yeah, I, I was the uh, the ticket provider. It. it, it it's just really fun to walk around. I mean, it's it's one of those things, and I've said this before, and um, my favorite thing about going there is they don't gouge you, right? Free parking. Once you get in the gates, it's, you know, cheap concessions. It's just really refreshing. But, you know, I think we went on Wednesday, so we, you know, we were driving back from uh, Chattanooga, so it kind of broke up our drive, which was nice. It was. We went over to the par three area for a little bit. Um, the original course didn't hang out there course. too long, though. I think you know. I, I I don't like being around that many people anyway. But it's just really it's cool just to walk the course. And well, that's why I think Wednesday's the play because they close it. Right. They close it for the par three court for par three contest at whatever it is, twelve thirty or one or something, and mm-hmm. you just got basically like the most famous golf course in the world to yourself. It feels like when you're walking around, you look at all the different holes and the greens, and it's the, just awesome. We were with Mr. Loco, Zach Blair, Zach Blair well. yeah, who's yeah. stroking out at right. some of the green complexes, yeah. and yeah, so it was such a privilege to you know get his thoughts on on you know not only architecture but how to play different shots and and kind of what he's sees and is is looking at and also a big shout out to the weather it was oh, like it was postcard perfect you know nice breeze uh very comfortable and kind of a quarter zip or long sleeves on top it, <laughs> shop it was, no leg up. yeah no it, <laughs> it was just no you know oh, no leg up. It, it, it was fun it, it was a great day i don't know do you guys have anything else you want to add or it was good to just get it fresh i the last time i was there was 2012 with you and mm-hmm. it just that's six years is a long time get it the images fresh in your head of what those shots look like and um it's it's it is such a, a cool special place that you know we spent a lot of time in the in the podcast leading up to it talking kind of nitpicking on the things that are not great about augusta but it is a golf course that is just the the history behind it and learning all behind it about about the history is kind of elevates its status in my eyes so to get get the grounds a special day to kind of walk it and see it and smell it as weird as that sounds but just kind of get the senses and the sight lines and stuff was it was great it's better that to me to do that than like actually watch the golf there i think so yeah i agree it's, it's a rare golf That's course what, in i mean that i don't know i've never been there on a sunday i've been there during comp, like tournament days and stuff and i mean for me there's just it's there's nowhere better to be than you know out there on wednesday when you have the place to yourself and you can look around but on sunday like i just ordinarily the telecast is so good and covers everybody that like i don't know why you'd ever want to be on site on sunday that's i agree yeah 
I'm with you there. Um, all right, we are running a little bit past an hour here. Anything major that we missed? Anything uh, that you guys are pending uh, on coverage here? Give a shout out. Was it possibly Freddie Couples' last Masters? I've heard some uh, like people alluding Many to that. Many people are saying. That the back is in really, really bad shape, and he hasn't played since January. I and... think that that would be... The whole like Fred Couples uh, giant like feature on CBS was... I'm sure... I don't know. I didn't really watch it. I'm sure it was fine. But uh, it seemed kind of misplaced if it wasn't his last Masters. Like, yeah. Kind of random. Freddie can never make up his mind on anything, though, right? Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to Curtis Strange who dropped a sauce reference uh, on ESPN broadcast at the <laughs> Masters after learning what tour sauce was a couple weeks ago. That was fantastic. Uh, also, friend of the pod, Marco Mira, La last Masters. Um, shout out to him for a stellar career at this event. Uh, we didn't talk much about Finau. We covered that a lot in the live show, but he finished t- tied for 10th after dislocating his ankle. Yeah, like, big comeback today. That's, I was, I was that's impressed. Stellar. I think Randy's kind of a truther on that front. I don't get how he was walking without a limb. Yeah, you had some, uh, you know, jet fuel doesn't melt uh, ankle ligaments takes going on. Well, it just doesn't make sense. I, I don't get it. But yeah, um, I think. Well, I think it was it was pretty magnanimous of Nike to not, not make him wear force the him to wear the whatever color that was today. Which what a, what a weird thing that was that Rory and Reed were in the same group wearing the same shirt. Like that not can't good. be a good strategy. What a weird way to force well, you yourself a, into you the narrative. Kind of, yeah. You had kind of a truth or theory that that's why Rory kept the... Uh, he had his pullover had his on pullover zipped on. all the way up. That could have been what... That's what held him back. constricting. We yeah. got a little warm yeah. out there. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he would have loved to have so taken Fino that thing off. Makes you think. And Cat didn't wear it either. I don't know right. if KFS did either. It might have been like waves. They may have done like morning guys are wearing something. I don't know. I honestly don't know how it works. Scripting but. sucks. God, it's Period. Terrible. Point blank. Guys should be able to wear whatever they yeah, want it's, whenever uh, they want. Um, I do have to chug a monster. I lost the bet to bacon. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm no, sorry, no, sorry. You have yeah, to shotgun yeah. a monster. I have to shotgun a monster. That's gonna <laughs> that's come. That's a big. That's a big can. Man. Oh, I know. <laughs> you shouldn't have lost. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw up. Probably. It's gonna come <laughs> that's tomorrow. Sick. Is it yeah. like an original flavor monster? I, I think I'm allowed to choose the flavor of monster. But you should make it, it one of those coffee monsters. Oh, that's. <laughs> you should tweet at Big Cat for a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Monster for sponsoring the the bet, even though they definitely didn't. But. Uh, Rich Lerner, shout out to him for the apology <laughs> of the week. That uh, was, I'm still kind of triggered by that. I, I don't think he should have caved. Can you sum up what happened? Well, yeah, yeah. for the viewers at home, I don't think he caved. I think the VPs at Golf Channel caved. Yeah, it was probably came from higher up. Uh, Sergio made his 13 on the 15th. Firethorn, uh, <laughs> Rich, and I think DJ got off a nice little tweet in the same vein, but. Uh, Rich tweeted, you know, something, I don't know the exact wording, something but something like to the effect, oh, he's yeah. not going to name his next kid Firethorn. And uh, you know, so innocuous. like. <laughs> and, and then Mrs. Garcia comes in hot the next day. <laughs> it's like, Rich, you know, the next time you want to make fun of my family and my unborn child, don't. Like, don't be an idiot. And it's just like, geez. Which almost makes you think like she was considering naming his yeah. Firethorn. And she like got, yeah. it was like a little like, too real. Now I got to cross it off the list. That'd be a pretty aggro name. Though. But it was just like, relax. I would say name na- name a kid Stinky Nandina. <laughs> it, Shout out to Neil. You're going to have to issue an apology tomorrow. I'm sure that apology did, it was, the, well, then, the orders yeah, came so, from So from Rich on came high. in for, with a classy apology. So then Rich comes in, hey, you know, wasn't my intent. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, missed the mark. You know, <laughs> what a great mic like look into the world. No, and then so DJ 
Our DJ said the same thing. I know. I felt bad after Jim I McCabe sent that. I'm like, ah, everybody's gonna make tweet. the same joke. You felt bad, but Solly's, just because the yeah, just yeah. just from a comedy perspective. Yeah, exactly. Solly's boy Doug Ferguson made the same joke. You know, I made a joke on Saturday after Rory hit it in the azaleas. That he was gonna have to apologize <laughs> for hitting it in the azaleas because that's what the current daughter's name is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people said a lot of stuff. Hey. No yeah. regrets. Yeah. We got Twitter questions? YOLO. Uh, we've covered a few of them. Uh, best and worst dressed of the week, David Williams wants to know. Everybody that wore Nike today. Yeah. It's not noticed. Yeah. Matsuyama, the day dressed up as an Orlando Magic basketball player. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, Zach Johnson, the Target employee yeah. outfit was not good. You know what? It may not be the best dressed, but I'm going to give him some, I'm going to praise progress here. Okay. Mark Leishman did not wear a white belt all week. There you have it. Big step, huge step in the right direction. <laughs> Not a fan of Spieth's hats. Yeah, like I the don't, big square yeah, 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 thing on the Under This was thing. the best that Spieth has looked wearing black in his career, though, thus far. I think we're good on questions. Anything else uh, burning for you guys before we shut her down? This is a long one. I feel good. There you have it. I think it's time oh. for the. I think it's time for the live show, or not the live, the uh, travel series to start bucking its head this oh, week. Oh, tell us about it. Uh, well, I think we've mentioned it a couple times, but you know, we uh, we took a trip to Australia a couple months ago and. Uh, we're going to spin that into the first season of the NLU Travel Series, Tourist Sauce. Uh, I think we're going to... Driven. Driven by BMW. Thank you. Uh, and I think that we are going to uh, maybe roll out a little bit of that content this week. As Keep well an eye as, out for that. Yeah, as well That's as, not to be repeated. It's not to be repeated. Uh, as well as, thank you to everyone that bought towels this week. We, yeah. Uh, so we sold out a couple weeks ago in four hours. We doubled our order and did some pre-orders for this and sold out in about eight hours. So we're going to probably have to triple the order the next time around. But uh, there are there are polos in the shop Polos as well. in the shop. We got rain gear going live this week. Hats are back. Hats, hats <laughs> are back this week. <laughs> A lot going on in the, in the, in the pro shop. So uh, swing on by there. And in the meantime. And it's a major week too. Heritage. Heritage. DJ's playing Heritage. Yeah. Which is sweet. Oh, nice. It's going to be awesome. And we got Randy in the kill house. Welcome. Well, no, Randy's back to Ohio this this yeah. week. Well, essentially, he's planting his flag this week. Yeah, he'll be back soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll be back. All right, thanks for sticking with us this long, um, and uh, hopefully, have another podcast coming out later this week. In the meantime, signing off. Cheers. Peace. Let's get the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect a 